before you're seated, turn around and high-five your neighbor and say, I'm glad to see you on a Wednesday night. Good to see people in the house of the Lord. Love midweek service. Love, love this. So you could be seated as we get ready for the lesson tonight. Uh, this month, this is our first Wednesday of August. During the month of August, I will be having different speakers on Wednesday night because we have many great speakers in our church. Uh, not just, uh, it's not just for the pastor to get up all the time. He, uh, we have some people who have great things to say and, and insights into the Scripture and experiences that they have gone through that will help us and bless us, things that God has shown them in His Word. And uh, I have confidence in our, our young people and those that are uh, they feel a little tug to preach and, and maybe just they teach and may never pastor a church, may never take off to a, another land or across the country, but from time to time will be called on to share wisdom that God has given them. And uh, so I, I've got uh, some already scheduled. Some of you go ahead and just know I'm, I'm going to be calling on you. Uh, I'm not going to tell you when or who or my, I'll give you enough time. I won't call on you on a Wednesday morning and say, be ready tonight. I should be able to do that, but I won't do that. Uh, hey, when I was coming up, you'd find out about five minutes before it's preaching time. Why don't you preach today? Sure. <laughs> and then you better be, uh, as they always say, be instant, in season, out of season. So, you know, it's, the thing is, is that God's, there's always an answer. There's always something to say. There's always something good to say about the Lord. And so um, you never know when God will say, hey, I need you to speak a word. So he might send you chasing the chariot somewhere one day or send you to catch a bus over there around campus because there's somebody on there that needs to be uh, taught and, and learn something about the Lord. So, But tonight, um, uh, our, our speaker, as far as I know, I think this is the first time she stood across here and addressed us. And um, she is a tremendous help to me and my wife and my son. She's a, a planner and an organizer, and that makes me nervous because I'm not a planner and organizer. I'm just like, yeah, let's, whatever, let's do that. And, and uh, I get very nervous and start sweating when people say, what time do you want to be there? What, how many things do you want? I'm like, oh, you're killing me. Just pl plan it. And we'll, I'll, I'll show up, you know. But uh, she picks up... Uh, a lot of slack for us, does a lot of things for us, fills in for us, and um, she, she helps uh, teach our young ladies along with Sister Brittany, and in case you ain't guessed yet, I'm talking about my daughter, but she has been asked to speak at, at uh, conferences to young ladies and share things that God has shown her, and um, we always hear good reports, and that's always wonderful. Of course, we already know she's wonderful around here. We appreciate Sister Annabeth. So, darling, if you'll just come on up tonight, share what's on your heart. I know it'll bless us. So let's pay attention and see what she's got to say tonight. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. I am uh, nervous, but I am happy to be here. The Lord is good. And I, that's right, all the time, Sister Bibby, all the time. Um, I am super thankful to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Um, Mom, Dad, y'all are the best. 
I, I am so thankful. A lot of times people are like, oh, you're the pastor's kid. I'm sorry. Like, no, my parents doubling as my pastor and pastor's wife has been the greatest blessing to me, and I'm very thankful. I do not take this opportunity lightly. Um, to a lot of people, this is just a big hunk of wood that people preach across, but actually this sacred desk right here is a part of my heritage. Um, it was my Papa Everhart's, and I am honored to be standing behind it today. Jake, I'm your biggest fan. I love you. Thank you for being my youth pastor. So, um, also, RAC, I love you guys. Y'all are the best. There is no church nowhere in the world that I would rather be than right here with you guys. And I'm not just saying that because I love you. I mean it. This, I believe in this church. I believe in all of you. I believe in the ministries and the callings that are on your lives. I'm not just saying that to be nice and because I'm behind the pulpit. I mean it. You guys are awesome. Um, so I'm not going to be long. I'm not long-winded. I'm just not. Um, I get stressed out when people are long-winded because my attention span is about this big. So I'm going to not be long tonight, um, but I do believe that I have a word for us. Um, and yes, I mean us, not just you, but I mean us because the, uh, what I'm going to share tonight is actually very personal. And it's something that God gave to me, um, and when he gave it to me, I was like, oh, this is so awesome. And then I instantly just wanted to throw up because I was like, ah, oh, that's what I'm going to teach Wednesday night, isn't it, Lord? And uh, I knew I was going to have to be vulnerable. So y'all just bear with me. Um, if I cry, cry with me. Um, like I said, it's not going to be deep or profound, but I believe that it's going to help us. So if you have your Bibles, let's turn to John chapter 8. This is a familiar story. Um, and I believe that we're going to see a different perspective in it tonight. Uh, yeah, John 8, 1 verse, uh, John chapter 8, verse 1 through 11. Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again unto the temple and said to all the people that came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. What sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. I want to pause right there for a second. So this is something that um, Brother Doug White uh, taught on and had something to say about. And he did some studies on it. I may share more of that later. But Jesus wasn't stooping down for us to just wonder, oh, man, I wonder what the Lord was writing in the dirt. Or either thinking like, ooh, you know, it's bad if Jesus is ignoring what you just said. You know, it wasn't that. The Lord was pointing out to these people that were trying to condemn this woman, he was pointing out to them that they had not done their job of keeping the temple clean. And I just want to really quickly say, don't come dragging people to Jesus about their dirt when your own house is dirty. And that's that, and that's all I'm going to say about it. Um, <laughs> so when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself, and he said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. 
And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone in the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those that are thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. So with the help of the Lord tonight, I want to talk to us about dropping our stones. Dropping our stones. All right, let's get into a quick prayer because I need it. Pray for me. Pray for yourself. Pray that you can be vulnerable with the Lord tonight. I believe he's going to work on us and move on us, but we got to take a second to cleanse ourselves, cleanse our own minds and our own hearts. Lord, in the name of Jesus, right now, I pray that you would align me with your word, oh God. Lord, I pray that every word that is said from this point forward, Lord, that it would be pleasing unto you. God, I pray that this would start with me, that this revelation, this cleansing, this repentance, this conviction, God, this new consecration, that it would start within me, Lord. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that everything that we do in this house tonight is pleasing unto you. Lord, have your way in this place. Help us to receive your word and let it be on good ground. Let your glory be in this house tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. Thank you for standing for the word. So this past Sunday, um, Sister Brittany and I were teaching our amazing girls. Shout out to those awesome young ladies. Uh, Sister Belle, Andrea, Elena, and Augusta have changed my life. And I'm not kidding. They are the best, and I love them the most. Um, So Sister Brittany and I were um, teaching a lesson, and it was out of the book by Sister Green, uh, uh, and the, the lesson was The Pardoned, and the chapter uses this story that we just read to show how Jesus responded to the woman and the power of her answer. Uh, she had sinned, she was caught in the very act, and was drugged to Jesus by her accusers. She could have screamed, she could have yelled, she could have placed blame, But the Bible is somewhat silent on how she reacted to being caught. It shows that her simple reaction to his question, where are those that have accused you, was straightforward and honest, allowing him to pardon her. The summary of the chapter is basically that we need to be honest with Jesus. Not blaming others for our shortcomings and failures. Not trying to explain why we did what we did, but simply being honest with him and letting him help us. You can try to explain things to Jesus all you want to, but what it comes down to is how you reacted. You can't control what anybody else did, but you can control what you did and how you responded. That's unpopular, but it's true. Um, that's not my lesson. That's not it. That's just a little, a little summary to get where we're going. Um, I've read this story of this woman so many times, and I'm not going to lie, I have felt bad for her so many times because you read it, and it's like she was caught in the very act of adultery and then just drugged to the feet of Jesus. Talk about embarrassing. 
Um, that just stresses me out, honestly. Every time I read it, it would worry me. But when I read it again on Saturday to prep for Sunday, I was super excited about the perspective that Sister Green had brought into this. I was like, ooh, yes, I love that. Um, and when we taught it to the girls on Sunday, I could tell that it was settling in their spirits as well as mine and Brittany's. Um, but I just I couldn't let go of the story. And I just kept thinking about it and thinking about it. Uh, and it was on my mind all day Sunday. And then I read the story in John again before I went to sleep, thinking that maybe God would reveal to me why this was so heavy on me. Monday morning, I woke up, and I was still thinking about the story, starting to get frustrated because I still could not place why this was in my spirit. Like, has that ever happened to you before? Like, you feel like God just kind of dropped something on you, but you didn't know why? It takes like a really long time to figure out why, and you get frustrated, and you're praying, and you're like ripping your hair out. Maybe just me. I do it all the time. Um, but that morning, later that morning, uh, I was in my car, and I was heading out to my Nana's, and I was on my way to have a fun day at the country club with her and my awesome cousin Lane. And while I was driving, I decided I had been late that morning. I'm not going to lie. I slept in a little bit, and I was like, ooh, this is great. Praise the Lord. And I was like, wait, I'm late. So uh, I didn't get to read my scriptures like I wanted to, so I was listening to them on the audio Bible while I was driving. I didn't hear a word of Proverbs that was playing in the car because I was still thinking about this story. I just couldn't get over it. And um, so I cut, I cut the audio Bible off, and I just started praying. And I was like, God, why is this story on my mind? Why can I not get it out of my head? Are you trying to show me something? Are you trying to tell me something? Wait a second. Am I the woman? Did I do something wrong? Like, am I about to get drugged to your feet? Like, God, search me to, right now. Like, me being the person that I am, I immediately assumed, like, oh, man, <laughs> I did something, something somewhere. I have done offended somebody. I have messed up. Like, that's immediately what I assumed. And so I'm, like, crying at this point, repent for stuff I don't even know about. And I was like, oh, God, help me. And um, so I was like, Lord, have I done something unknowingly to displease you? Like, please speak to me, reveal it to me. Like, I want to make it better. And I feel like that should be our prayer a lot of the times because sometimes we really don't know, like, if you really did hurt somebody, if you did something wrong. Like, there's nothing wrong with praying, God, if I did something wrong, even not knowing it, show it to me. There's nothing wrong with that. So like I said, I assumed I did something wrong. I need to be stoned. Um, but as I, as I was praying and crying, literally weeping in the car because I was like, oh, I've, I've messed up. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm super emotional when it comes to stuff like that because my biggest fear is displeasing the Lord because he's done so much for me. I just want to do everything that I can to still be pleasing unto him. And so I'm like crying my eyes out. And as I was crying and praying and, you know, I just started to worship. And I was just like, Lord, I know you're going to show it to me. I know you're going to speak to me. I'm not going to flip out. It's going to be okay. And I don't know if this has ever happened to y'all before, but the Holy Ghost just got all up in my car, like literally. And I was just like crying and praying, speaking in tongues, and these people driving past me. You know, I don't even know how fast I was going, probably like three miles an hour. And I'm like crying my eyes out and just worshiping God. And I was just so thankful for his presence because it was sweet. It didn't feel like a convicting, like, ooh. Like it felt like a, it's going to be okay, like just, just chill out. It's going to be okay, Annabeth. I think the Lord says that to me a lot. So I'm worshiping and driving, and I asked God one more time. I was like, God, why am I so stuck on this story? I want to know. 
And I was, I was getting real, like, straightforward with the Lord. I was like, I want to know. And just as quickly as that presence swept into my car, it felt like all of the air had been sucked out of my car. And I felt like God spoke to me and said, because I want you to drop your stone. And when I say conviction hit me, it wasn't like a, it was like a semi-truck had just hit me going 90 miles an hour. And I started crying even harder. I'm still bawling my eyes out. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, God, I'm so sorry. And he began to reveal to me the things in my own life. And I'm going to cry. Prepare yourselves. Feel free to cry with me. He began to reveal things to me that I had not actually let him heal and that I was still bitter and unmerciful and unforgiving about that it happened a long time ago. And I had slapped the Band-Aid of, it's fine, I'm fine, I'm okay, that's life, they're going to do what they want to do, I'm going to live my best life. I had put those Band-Aids over wounds for so long, and I didn't let God touch them, I didn't let him see them, and I was just like, it's fine, I'm fine, I'm good, whoo. Gen Z, it's fine, I'm fine. Like, that's exactly what I did. And God revealed to me, not only was I not letting him heal me, but I was destroying people in my own mind because of what they had done to me. And once again, I'm going to be vulnerable. Um, every time that, that I do something that judges somebody, you know, the whole like, ooh, don't be judgmental, Christians are judgmental, okay, we all are, everybody is at some point, but every time I had done that and said, God, they shouldn't have done that, like, what are they doing, why did they say that to me, why did they say that about me, I was just taking God off of his judgment seat and putting myself there, and I was taking him off of his throne, and that's not something we need to do, um, so I'm going to be super vulnerable and just let y'all know a few things about myself. I'm not perfect. You probably picked up on that. Um, I deal with bitterness a lot. And I mean, like nobody's business deal with bitterness. And I have to constantly get on my face and ask God to help me forgive people. And I always have to check myself in my response to situations, to people, to things that are said. I have to check myself and make sure I'm not taking stuff personally all the time. That being said, not everything is personal. It's not. If somebody's having a bad day and they look at you funny, I promise you it's because they got a headache, they're tired, and they're probably upset at somebody else. Don't take it personal. Help me, Lord. Um, I always have to check my response to, to things, and I'm unbelievably defensive. Like, my fight gloves are always on, my fists are always up, and I'm always ready to go. Like, say one thing, just one just one like that's me all the time and I don't I don't know why I'm like that and God is, has helped me a lot because if you knew me when I was younger I really would try to fight you um I don't know why I, I don't know where it came from I'm this big I don't know why I tried to fight people but I am defensive and if you ever came against my friends or my family then you already knew that you were on the list and you better find a way to get off because I was coming for you um I have post-traumatic stress disorder PTSD I have night terrors, and I've got trauma from here to Timbuktu, um, if y'all only knew the half of it. <laughs> uh, and, yes, I'm laughing about it. 
trauma response. Um, I don't hate anyone, but I have wanted to punch some people. And you know what I mean. <laughs> okay? <laughs> you know what it's like to love somebody so much, but you actually just want to strangle the life out of their body. Don't say you don't get it, because I know you do. I'm friends with y'all. Um, <laughs> so I have dealt with so much pain and so much hurt before, just like everybody else in this room has. I, I legitimately have no doubt that every single one of you are sit, like, sitting here right now like, Annabeth, don't you touch that subject. Don't do it. I'm going to cry. I don't want to cry. I know what you're thinking. Um, I've dealt with friend hurt, job hurt, family hurt, church hurt. Church hurt seems the new popular thing to be. And God can help you with every bit of that if you will let him. I know that you think that you're like, okay, like, God, I'm going to give it to you. And then you lift your hands and you get a blessing. But as soon as you walk outside and you see that person and you roll your eyes, you didn't let God heal it. It's as simple as that. And it's as honest as that. If you are not willing to be able to look at somebody and say, hey, I love you. I'm praying for you today because you can't get over something that happened 20 years ago. You haven't let God heal you. That's, it's as simple as that. And that's something that I've dealt with. It has been years, years in, in, yeah, years when, when I went through my depressive season and when I tried to commit suicide in eighth grade, it's been years and I still haven't been able to look at some of those people in the face and be like, Hey, I love you and you're great years, you guys, but you've got to let God touch it and heal it at some point. You have to peel back all of your layers, take off all of your band-aids, and be vulnerable with God, and just stand there and let him see it. You have to be honest with him. As hard as it is, you have to be. And here's another thing. This church, this altar, this, this building, these people, safe space. You can be healed here. If you will get over your own pride and be vulnerable, you can be healed here. He's the healer of not just some things. He's not just the healer of cancer and COVID and disease and broken bones and things like that. He's not just the deliverer of drugs and addictions and these things. He is the healer of all things, and that's your emotional, mental, spiritual issues included. All things. He didn't create us to be miserable. He just didn't. And I know that it's so hard when it hurts so deep. And you just want to expose people. I told you I was going to cry. You just want to expose people. And you just want to defend yourself. And you just want to tell everybody, no, I didn't do that. I didn't say that. That's not me. That's not what happened. But you don't have to do that because God is bigger than that. And I promise his response and reaction to your situation is going to be so much better than your own. It's just going to get worse most of the time if you try to defend yourself. And I know that sounds whatever, but it's true. You have to let God fight your battles. His word is true. And if it says that he is the victor, if it says that he is the one that fights my battles, then that means he fights my battles, the little ones and the big ones. 
We have to believe that he is our defender in every area of our life. And we have to trust that all things really work together for the good of those that love him. And I know right now, half of you are thinking, Annabeth, you don't get to say any of that because you've been in church your whole life and you don't get it. Your parents are still together. You have a great relationship with your brother. You get to do this, 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 and this all the time, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's fine. Maybe I don't know your struggle. Maybe I'm not in your shoes. Maybe I don't get every single thing. But just because I don't know your struggle personally doesn't mean that I have not struggled. Struggle is struggle. That should be a verse somewhere. And I know what it's like to just be like, okay, I'm, I'm over this. God, I'm so done. I'm so sick of it. Like, Lord, they, they have done this for the last time. They have treated me like this for the last time. They have had one more rumor about me. Lord, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm leaving. I'm done with church. I'm done with everything. Lord, I love you, but I just can't live for you anymore because look at what keeps happening to me. And you put it all on this big silver platter and you carry it around all the time. And you look at it all the time and you're like, look at this. This is me. This is my trauma and my hurt and all of my issues. This is who I am. And that's not true. Change your resume. If God has delivered you and healed you and brought you out, filled you with the Holy Ghost, baptized you in Jesus' name, you are not a victim. You are not a victim to the things that have happened to you. You are not a victim to your trauma, to your triggers. You're not a victim to your own backsliding. You are not a victim to the past whatsoever. If you let God heal you, you have had a name change, so keep it that way. Stop trying to tell everybody who you were. It's not worth it. If that person is gone, if that person is buried in that water, let it go. Leave them there. And I've said this before, but there is no reason to go scuba diving in the blood of Jesus. There's not. If it's under the blood, leave it under the blood. And I'm talking about for yourself and for others. Especially for yourself. Because we have a really bad habit of when God wants to use us, we're like, ah, but wait, you remember that thing I did like nine years ago? No, he doesn't. He, if, you, if you would let him leave it alone, then... It could be left alone. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to get on that tangent. Anyway, um, once again, might cry. I don't know. Um, but I know how it feels to just be upset and to go through the motions and say, all right, God, I'm getting up and I'm doing this for you today and then have to walk into a building or a place or something or a lunch or whatever and be like, I know what you said know what you did. You hurt me. This hurts. I don't know what to do about it. And you keep trying over and over and over again to get better, but for some reason you just can't. And I know that's so difficult. And I told y'all I wasn't going to be long. Mom, you can come to the music. And Jake, I'm going to get your help. Um, a lot of times we don't even realize when we have picked up the stone that we want to throw at somebody. And it might not be anything big. It might just be something small, some, something almost borderline insignificant, but it eats at you all the time, and you don't know what to do with it. And it just gets so hard 
because you feel like you just want to say, but God, they hurt me and they took things from me and they abused me and they talked about my family and God, all I tried to do was help them and they left and I heard what they said about my dad and you've seen every message that they sent and you know what they did and they stole my innocence, God. They lied and they cheated and they blamed me for something I never did. They are the reason I can't sleep at night and they are the reason I'm depressed. They are the reason why I am the way that I am. I am the victim because of them. They did this to me and I just want them to see just a bit of how bad it hurts. I just want them to see some of the pain. I just want them to know. I just, just God, just one rock, just one hit. Not even to kill them. Not even to take out their reputation, but just something so they know. Because they just need to know what they did to me. They need to know that I know. But so many times God is saying, please, please have mercy. He is merciful and he is wonderful, but so many times he looks at us and he says, please, have mercy. And I know that's hard because you just want to tell people you're so mean. And I can't even imagine some of the things that you guys have been through in your lives. I don't know everybody's story. I don't have to know. All I know is that when it hurts, the only thing that can heal it is God. The only one that can help you is God. I know therapy is great. Go to therapy if you have to. But you need the Holy Ghost to intervene and be your comforter. You're never going to heal from those things if you don't let God intervene. I know you may have been left. You may have been felt what feels like thrown away sometimes. People have made you feel small and insignificant. And that's beginning to make you question, God, am I even usable? Can you even use me? Do you even love me? Because God, it doesn't feel like anybody else does. And I know that feeling all too well. And if you've ever felt that way, I'm so sorry. And I wish that I could fix it. I wish that I could just hug you so tight and you could know that you're so loved and you're so valued and so important. And I'm sorry that you dealt with what you've dealt with. But you've got to let God have it. God just wants us to drop our stones. He wants us to forgive. And He wants us to be merciful. And I'm sorry if this is too much. And I'm sorry if this has caused people to think like, oh my goodness, she's crazy. What in the world? But I want you to know that God loves you. And He has better for you. And there is more for you. There is so much more for you than being sad and depressed all the time. You don't have to be that way. You don't have to live that way. God never said, I have called you to be depressed. 
I have called you to be miserable. Come on. He said, I have called you to be a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a yes, holy nation. Yes, yes. That is what we're called to be. We're meant to be lights and witnesses. Yes, we have struggles and issues. And you always will have something, I'm sure. But God can always heal it and He can always help yes, you with Jesus. it. So, I'm done. I'm just begging you tonight when we come to this altar and you can go ahead and stand. And if you want to make your way now, you're more than welcome to. I'm, I'm closing. But I am begging you tonight. And it'll start with me, but I'm begging you, please, please be vulnerable with God in this place tonight. Please take time to show Him and be honest with Him. God, I know, I know that it's hurt, God, and I know I haven't handled it the way that I should. But God, I know that you can help me. Lord, I need to be better. God, I want to be healed. This is what I have to offer you, God. I have scars and bruises. God, I have open wounds that have been open for years. And God, I just need you to heal them. And I want you to heal them. God, I'm, I'm giving you the liberty. I'm giving you the liberty right now, Lord, to shine your light on every corner, every part of my heart and my life. God, align me with your word tonight, Jesus. Align me with your word and heal me, God. Heal my heart. Heal my perspective, God. Heal my unity with my brothers and sisters. God, give me the courage and the boldness to go to someone and tell them I'm sorry. If I've hurt somebody, God, let them know that I love them and I'm sorry. Lord, let me be you. God, Lord, let me be like you. Let me be humble. Lord, Jesus, use humility in my life, God. You didn't create me to be sad. You didn't create me to be miserable. God, you created me to be a worshiper in spirit and in truth. And so that's what I'm going to do, God. I'm going to lay it all aside. Years of hurt, years of pain. I give it to you right now, God. Oh, that's right, church. I know that it's hard. I know that people have tore you down. They've torn up your reputation. They've tried to come against you. Maybe you tore up your own reputation and your own name. I don't know. But God can mend it. He can do something about it if you let him.
I've just got one more thing that I want to add. You got to think about it this way. It hasn't killed you. Even though it's hurt and it's been hard and you didn't know what to do and you were confused, it has not killed you. And God didn't leave you. And as long as there is breath in your body, there is a chance. There is a chance for you to be healed and to be made better. And there is a chance for God to still use you. And you might not ever forget what somebody did to you. But you can look back on it as a testimony instead of a trigger. If it did not kill you, there is a chance for you to be healed and to be made new. Don't miss your chance. We're not promised tomorrow. And God can heal you today. I love you, church. You can keep praying if you want. Take your time. There's no rush here. But just know that I believe in you. And this church believes in you. And we love you. And you're going to be okay. You're going to be victorious. It's promised. It's not just a, oh, well, I might be. It's promised. And it is said that you are an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. So speak your testimony and let God heal you. Thank you, Jesus. Just continue to worship the Lord for another moment here. The Lord just doing a healing work in our lives. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for looking inside of us, for helping us to take a look inside of ourselves. Often we we quote the scripture that says, you know, examine yourself and see whether you're in the faith or not. And we, we think that's about what we believe. But I think it applies to all areas of our walk and if we examine ourselves to see if we're in the faith well this faith in him involves being long suffering and forgiving and merciful because the scripture tells us to be ye kind tender hearted to one another forgiving one another and so it's not about let's, let me see if I can examine myself and see if I have power to cast out devils and lay hands on the sick man how much more powerful is it to forgive somebody? See, God could have healed us and we could have died lost. But he said, I'll do one better. He said, I'll forgive them. I'll just forgive them. Forgiveness is powerful. It's powerful. It, for him, it's who he is. For us, we're trying to be like him. So, Forgiving doesn't just come naturally to us. And so we work at it. But just like anything you work at, the more you work at it, the better you get at it. You know, it might be a good idea as you pull in your driveway or walk in your yard or maybe find you a rock. 
think about whatever it is that she talked about it, whatever it stirred up in you and, and just go out in your yard and say, you know what? That's it. I know it's, it might seem silly, it's symbolic, but just do it. So you know what? I'm just letting that go. That's it. Not going to be controlled by that. I don't want to be controlled by that anymore. Got to get that stuff that's buried out. It can't stay there. It's not meant to be there. Once we become like him, bitterness and hatred, unforgiveness, that's, that's not natural to the body because we're, now we're in his image. Our life is hid in him. And so whenever we get bitterness, that's why it makes us sick as his people. That's why hatred and, and unforgiveness and all that kind of stuff, it'll make you your walk. It'll affect your walk. It'll affect your, it, you, you just won't feel the same. Remember how you felt when you first came to God? You didn't hate nobody. Nobody could do any wrong. Yeah, it was naive, but that's the way you felt because it felt so good to be washed and to be cleansed. But then you, you get that first hit and it's a shock to your system. But you learn to get it out. Don't let it fester. Don't let it stay there. Don't let a root of bitterness get a hold of you. Get, get rid of those things. A good preacher friend of mine told me a, a natural thing that happened to him. He had been working, cutting firewood and clearing some land, and he, he got jabbed in the leg with a stick, made a pretty good hole in his leg, and well, he didn't go to the doctor. He just went home, he poured some peroxide on it, washed it out real good, and slapped a Band-Aid on it, said it felt all right. Next day or so, it was okay. He said, about three days, he said it started hurting. And he said, you know, he looked, he couldn't see anything wrong with it. It was swelling up. It was getting ugly. And he finally went to the doctor, and the doctor looked, and there was about that much of a stick down in there he couldn't see. And it was causing his leg to become infected. And it was, you know, he's pouring stuff on the surface. He's bathing it, washing it, taking Tylenol, all the things. But it was something down in there that was foreign, wasn't supposed to be there. And it, the body wasn't just going to grow over it and be all right. It had to come out. And that's the way it is. is, is I, I promise you, I don't care how, how many times we speak in tongues, how many services we attend, how much money we put in the offering plate. If there's something that's unlike God in us, it'll kill us. It'll just kill us. Got to get it out. And, hey, you know, surgeries are not, not easy. They're invasive. But once you're closed back up and everything starts healing, you start feeling better. And it ain't always easy to open up and forgive. It's, it's almost impossible sometimes. But you can do it, and you'll feel better once you do. Just let it go. Darling, that was good. Thank you for sharing tonight. And It's not easy to open up and share things personal like that. It's not easy as a parent or a pastor to hear things like that. And, uh, but I appreciate her doing that and, and sharing yes, that tonight. Yes, yes. Makes me want to let go of some rocks I got. Oh, yeah, your pastor carries rocks sometimes, too. It's better to let them go. To encourage your brother and sister, drop your rocks, drop your stones, get rid of them. I've said it before, the 
the greatest thing any church body has, any congregation has, is that grace and mercy we have toward one another. That's what keeps us alive and going and growing. So let's drop those stones. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house. Tremendous job tonight. Great word. God's good to us. Continue to pray for those that are sick. They're getting better in Jesus' name. Be at church on Sunday. We're looking for a good crowd from our college students. Let's come looking for God to move, the Holy Ghost to move. Amen. Invite somebody to church with you. They might just get the Holy Ghost, get baptized in Jesus' name. God bless you tonight.